All she wants to do is, all she wants to do is dance. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Grouchy Surge, the fat man in Vegas. And all she wants to do is, all she wants to do is dance. Uh, yeah, it's it's 2.40 in the morning and I'm walking around a mostly empty store. Uh, currently I'm sitting, listening to, uh, bad 80s music on the, uh, overhead and, uh, from what I gather, all she wants to do is, all she wants to do is dance. Um, but coming up is going to be a fireside chat with, uh, Ryan Craig, and Ryan is the most common entry into these chats uh he is you know the guy that brings the most normalcy to my mental well-being and uh once once the pandemic is gone our our fireside chats are going to continue i've already talked it over with him um you know maybe we're only going to do it once every two weeks or something maybe it's going to be once a week i i don't know i don't have an answer but ryan and i are going to continue these chats and you know, maybe maybe our conversations will have uh, less pandemic and more video games or more dog walking or, you know, more exercise and healthy eating tips. I don't know. I just know that talking to him uh, puts me in a more peaceful and mindful place. So uh, that is something to look forward to. Uh, other things to look forward to in the upcoming weeks. Well, actually... I put a t- poll out on Twitter, and uh, it the backloggers spoke, the uh, the pandemicers spoke. I don't know what to call y'all, whoever's listening to this, but it appears as though Tuesday will be the release date. So, you know, today is Tuesday. This will be released on a Tuesday and put out there. So by the time most of you wake up, you should be able to listen to this. And I've got some other some other chats coming up that uh. You know, it's really cool. I've got a couple in the bank already. Um, I have Hungry Pup, who is a listener of the show, who is playing Backlog Bingo, who, you know, reached out and contacted me through email because he was listening to the podcast. And, you know, I just I enjoy having him around and I had him on. Um, I also have uh, Brendan Myers, who was on We The Gamer cast recently. Uh, you know, fellow person who lives out there in Pennsylvania like I used to. And, you know, him and I had a really good chat as well, so I can't wait to get that in your ear holes. But, right now, coming up, the ying to my yang, the wing to my wang, the sting to my stang, I I don't know. Anyway, it's, uh, please listen to this awesome episode with, you know, this great chat with Ryan. Um, Also, if anybody wants to, reach out, talk to me, be like, hey, yo. I'd like to have a chat. Um, that would be cool. We can get it scheduled. We can get it done. And, uh, you know, we can get you out on one of these. I will be reaching out to a bunch of the people in the community to see if anybody else is willing to do one, if anybody else has time to do one. But, you know, if, if you do listen to this and you want to be a part of it, if you want to have a conversation, um, it doesn't have to be about the pandemic. It doesn't have to be about video games. You could just have, be like, man, I really want to talk to you about, you know, grilling burgers on a hot summer day and having a couple of brews and we will have that chat you want to talk about macaroni we will have that chat you want to talk about 
what happened to Spick and Span? You know, when I was growing up, there were Spick and Span commercials everywhere. It was a big thing. It was a big deal. And now it's like, I think I saw something with the Spick and Span logo on it. But, you know, when was the last time there was a Spick and Span commercial? I don't know. Maybe that's something you all want to discuss with me. I will make it happen. Anyway, this is Grouchy Surge. This is the Fat Man in Vegas. And this is a chat with Ryan Craig. Thank you. I don't, I don't understand that. But whatever. How is life? Uh, all your streets have been open. Yeah, that's been interesting. It's only been two days, and it seems like everybody has come out of the woodworks to do whatever. I, I, I don't know. Drove by the mall yesterday because I had to mail a package for my wife, so I had to run into a, a postal place real quick. And drove by the mall. I was like, oh, that's right, they've opened, and there are quite a few cars there. And then today, had to pick up some groceries from the curbside. Uh, pickup service they have at the grocery store, and usually I'm almost having to wait in a line to get into a slot to pick up the groceries, but there are like three or four empty slots, but the parking lot was, you know, filled with more people. Half the people, let's say probably more than half the people weren't wearing masks, and I think they're trying to go back to um, life as usual as it was before spring break. So it'll be interesting to see how long this lasts. I don't want to be a, a downer about all of it, but I'm not going to be taking my chances. So when you say they opened it back up, is like all the businesses open or is it a slow rollout or what I think they do? I think what they've said is that if you have a restaurant, you can start doing dine-in, but there are certain restrictions about that. So they are maxing, they're maxing the capacity to be 25%. Um, okay. I think they are limiting the number of people that can go into stores. Um, I'm not sure what kind of limiting, what kind of limitations they've had on grocery stores because even during the pandemic, they've still had people go in. And I know there have been pictures in my state of people like waiting in line to get into this one particular chain of grocery store. And I've, I never saw that at my own. I don't know if I was, it was just a different time that I was going, or maybe that right. I was always doing the curbside uh, pickup, so I never experienced that. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. You drive by Walmart, and over half the parking lot is filled with cars. And uh, okay. well, I don't know. That's what I'm used to now. Is everybody out? But I think they they pushed us back for another two weeks or another month here in Vegas. And then the casinos. So, so I'm assuming that the casinos are. Oh, I'm sorry. What were you saying about the casinos? I was just about to ask. Uh, the casinos are still a few months out. They said, okay. from what I understand, when they open stuff back up, it's going to be like small businesses, restaurants, but I don't believe casinos are on that list for a few months. They'll be like the last thing just because of the uh, sheer number of people who go in and out of them, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, a, I, like I said, like, around here, there's a... You know, around here, they're supposed to be, you know, I think for some of those small businesses, really restricting the, like I said, Mac, you know, you can only have 25% capacity for the restaurants, but, you know, I'm not going to see if they're holding up to that. I've got a friend who is a, a manager at a, um, a sushi restaurant, 
And so I was chatting with him on Skype earlier this week, and he's talking about how, okay, you know, now we've got paper menus, and I've got to make sure that my staff is trained, and we know how we're going to disinfect everything, how we're going to, you know, interact with our customers, how to maintain those those safe distances. And if somebody comes in and they are exhibiting any kind of symptoms, you know, we're going to have to ask them to leave because, you know, you're trying not to make it any worse. Right. Uh, it's interesting that some states are opening up and other states are staying locked down longer and it's like disorganized chaos well yeah i mean you have the united states that are not united at all and everybody yeah. does their own thing and i understand that certain states um I, i'm just gonna you know pick say you know north dakota or wyoming you know yeah, Wyoming has a population that is, I don't know, 8% maybe of what the greater metro area is where I live. And that's for the whole yeah. state. And so if they open up parts of their state, I don't think that's going to be as, it's not going to be as crazy as opening up everything in my city, which is an international city. It's got, you know, major ports to the Gulf and very international people from all over the world coming in and out. Um, yeah, that that makes me kind of nervous. It's just like uh, talking about Disney World. You know, every summer my wife goes with you know a couple of girlfriends to to Disney and Universal, and it's still a few months out. I'm going. Even if they do open, I I don't want you going there because so many people from all over the world congregate in that place i don't care what kind of social distancing stuff they're going to try to do what kind of limits they're going to do it that just makes me nervous it, if, if a place is too crowded it's impossible to have any precautions yeah yeah but i don't I, I i feel like i either read somewhere or saw somewhere that disney wasn't opening up until next year but hmm. That could have been someone that was speculating, but I swear that's what I saw, is that they were just staying closed for the year. But like you said, that's just a place where too many people congregate, like, all the time. I've never been to Disney where it wasn't wall-to-wall people, and you're always up against someone. Right. (laughs) And, it's, and again, especially for some place that's so international, and that's one of the things that just killed me at the beginning of all of this, that Disney was still staying open. I'm like, I've, I've been there, and going there is, I mean, it's just people from all over the world, all these different languages being spoken, which, you know, is great. Like, I love diversity. But when you're in the middle of, you know, this time in our history when we have a virus that is so contagious and it's doing things to the body in a way that people want to say, oh, it's like the flu. But like, it's not really like the flu in terms of what it does to you and how right. hard it is to recover from that. But you have all these people coming together. And it's like I said, if you've been there, like you barely have room to move, to spread your elbows out. And then all these people disperse and go back to their homes in whatever country that is. And that's just a great way to just, you know, to, to spread everything. And it just made me right. so nervous that they kept on going. It took them so long to say, oh, you know what? 
okay, we should probably stop this. And yeah. I guess I can see that you've got so much money tied up in that, and you've got all these guests and people that have made so many reservations to go there. I mean, it's not a position that I want to be in. I don't want to have to make that call. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's definitely strange times that we're in. Yeah. So I'm curious to see, you know, how it all plays out. I mean, eventually places have to open back up and people have to, you know, go about a more normal routine. Oh, yeah. But like you said, the fact that they said, okay, things are open up now. And like, by the looks of it, like half the people are just trying to pretend like normalcy is back. You know, that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, I mean, I've been taking, I've been trying to take walks um, here lately more than just taking my dog for a walk so that she can, you know, poop. Not in my bo- not in my backyard. Um, but I've, I've noticed that more and more people have been coming out, and especially since, you know, yesterday, like there's so many more cars on the road. And I was just like, wow. That, I've, I've, I never really felt like there were fewer cars once I started taking some of, some of my walks. But after you know this morning, I was like, "Oh no, there's definitely a change. There had been fewer cars on the road, and now it's. I think people are trying to say it's business as usual, and that it's it's kind of scary. I'm hoping that there's not this relapse, but I'm going to be like I, like I posted earlier today. I'm going to pretend that we are still in a quarantine lockdown situation i'm still going to be doing my groceries from you know the curbside pickup so i don't have to interact with people and i don't have to go into the store if people need to go to the store that's great um i wish i could because i want to pick up my own produce i want to be the one who's shopping i want to be the one who's you know paying attention to how much everything costs because that's that's what i do i'm the shopper for our family right Um, but i'm i'm not i'm not going to risk that you know i want to make sure that I can do the best for my family and, you know, even my in-laws because uh, just last week and even today, um, we've actually gotten together with my in-laws because they've had the same contact that we've had, which is people are putting groceries in your car. And that's all that we're doing in terms of going out. And we had said initially last week, you know, we'll just spread up blankets in the backyard and stay away from you guys. Just maintain the six feet distance. Um, but after talking about it, we just realized nobody goes anywhere between the two of us. You right. Know, we're not we're not on the essential line like you are or like a lot of these other people are, where they are in contact. Like I've got you know, my wife's cousin who is a uh, EMS firefighter. So he's coming into contact with people all the time and sometimes people that actually have COVID. Yeah, and he has a like his birthday is this weekend, or I think they're celebrating it this this weekend. And we're telling my my in laws who are seventy two, please don't go. Um, you know, if we were you, we wouldn't go because of your pre existing health conditions. You know, my father in law is in his seventies; he's got COPD. I don't think that's safe for you to go. And I know it's family, and I know it's tough not to go, but you know, please, please don't. Yeah. So 
I think they're going to stay home and, you know, avoid that. But, you know, we were able to get together and it was, it was kind of nice because we're so used to getting together with them and, you know, having supper, you know, having snacks, having, you know, chips and queso. And it was, uh, it's been really nice. I almost feel like I've, like I've been cheating, you know, like I shouldn't be telling you this because I don't want you to get upset with me that I hung out with my in-laws. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh but my at gosh, the same I, time, y'all have been locked up for what almost two months now. Yeah. So, if you're not coming into contact with anybody, it's you know, can my quarantine come over and visit your quarantine today? Right. I mean, we're not like we don't hang out with our friends. We don't, you know, go to different people's houses, and they're not having anybody to come to their house. So it was one of those things where we said, you know what? We are both getting exposed the same amount, I guess, with how we're getting our groceries, and but that's it. And no offense to you, but I wouldn't want you coming to my house just because of the interactions that, that you have. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, the amount of people that I'm around on a daily basis, it's disturbing. I'm sure it's going down, right? Uh, we just had our second million dollar week in a row. Good grief. Yeah, two in a row. Today, when I left, we were at 198,000. So, you know, if we get 2,000 between eight and nine, we hit 200,000. And I think the only time we've ever broken 200 is on Black Friday. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, and we, I was sitting with one of the other managers today and we were looking at like sales from like past Black Fridays and, mm-hmm. you know, he was pulling it up and it was like, oh, we did 230 this one day and the year before we did like 186 and I'm like, okay, but what was the week? And he's like, you know, and the week was like 560,000. The month was like <laughs> 1.6 million for like the whole month of November and you know, here we are. We we just did like I don't know what the final numbers were, but it was like three point six million or something like that. Two of those were million dollar weeks, and the other two were like seven hundred fifty thousand. Good grief, that's insane! It's it's ridiculous. Like our district for the month of April did like fifty four million, and that's almost all just Las Vegas stores. Like, it's just, it's disturbing. Um, I think we were 82% over plan last week and 92% over comp. So, I mean, it's close. The, the past two weeks have been close to doubling what we were supposed to do. So, uh, are you guys able to keep stock in the store? Um, well, none of the essentials, <laughs> mm. like we have water, but everybody pretty much has water now, but I think we've gotten like just a couple shipments of like toilet paper and that's gone by the end of the day. Paper towels, same thing. I can't remember the last time I saw hand sanitizer come in. Everybody's buying like projects. 
like they're all bored and everybody's on unemployment, you know, getting that extra 2,400 a month. They're all just coming in and buying whatever. So now since we've been so busy and it's hard to keep stuff in stock, the company decided that on Saturdays we'll start getting extra lumber trucks to make sure we can stock up and be prepared for people. So normally it was just Monday through Friday that you get shipments. And typically we would get shipments like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And during the slower times, maybe just like Monday, Friday or Wednesday, Friday. But the last month we've added in Tuesday and Thursday. So most weeks we're getting five trucks a week. And today I think they had like four trucks of like block and stuff like that. Man, that's that's incredible that you're. I mean, you gotta keep the shelves stocked for those busy customers. But yeah. To go from, you know, two or three times a week to now you're up to almost six days a week getting materials. That's that's incredible. It's crazy. It's. Like all the people that they're hiring on right now, I almost feel bad for them because when the state finally does open up and a lot of these other businesses open up that, you know, people would normally shop there instead, like we're going to be dead, you know, relatively speaking, you know, instead of yeah. 120, $160,000 days, we'll be back to doing like 50000 60,000. And all these people that got like hired on while we're crazy busy, they're going to be like, uh, what happened to all the customers? You mean that wasn't normal? Well, have you guys, uh, I guess it's kind of like in the long term, uh, spoken to these new hires to say, hey, we need you to now because we have so many more customers and we have a need. But once things start reopening, you should consider finding another job because we won't be able to keep everybody if and when our sales go back to what is our, you know, the normal pace. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I mean, I'm not even in charge of any of the hiring or stuff like that, but a lot of the people, you know, during this time of year, you just hire them on as seasonal and they're aware that it's basically I'm hired on for 90 days and then after that 90 days is up, you know, they make a decision whether to keep them or not. Okay. That makes sense. So, um, you know, normally we would have done this anyway, but I think they hired extra because of how busy it's been. But then we've lost some employees and there's a bunch of people on leave of absence, you know, some of the older people or some people with health concerns that have just, you know, taken a leave of absence until it's safer to come back and of course you have to replace those bodies too so yeah it's just uh it's been chaos and now they're keeping us open until now that makes it harder so starting this week we're well technically starting yesterday but um, now we're open till nine instead of seven. So that's two more hours where customers can come in. Granted, those are slower hours, but it's when we were closing at seven, we still had three hours to be able to 
clean, sanitize, try to recover, bring product down from the top to get the store ready for the next day. Right. Well, yesterday we closed at nine out by 10, you know, and we even stayed a little late. But when you're used to having three hours to try to recover. So this starting this week, we're going to be there till 11, but that's still only two hours of recovery. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to get people conditioned that once the customer count slows down, you know, between seven and nine or eight and nine or whatever it is, you know, they need to make sure that they're hustling to get like some of the recovery done. That way, when the doors are locked, you know, everybody's just more productive instead of trying to relax because it slowed down. It's like, eh, technically, we don't have time to relax. We still need to get all this work done. Well, I do not envy your position. Uh, I don't envy, envy anybody right now working like retail. No. Like, I follow uh, one of the few things I look at at all when I bring up Facebook is like the Lowe's memes page. <laughs> And, and right now, really, it's just a whole lot of people, you know, complaining about how busy everything is and how, you know, extra rude certain customers have been. But, you know, stores that were normally doing like $120,000, $150,000 a day, those stores are doing like, you know, two fifty, three hundred thousand, dollars you know, in the busier markets, California, places like that with the larger populations. I'm sure Texas those low stores are a lot busier as well but everybody's suffering everybody's just trying to make it through and i don't know i just i want slower i want a light at the end of the tunnel i want to feel like i want to feel like my company actually kind of cares instead of they're just there for the bottom line and it's super obvious yeah, that, that that is frustrating. Earlier today, I was talking with my wife about, you know, we're both in education, and there's still some things that are kind of up in the air about what is school going to look like in the fall for her. I know for me, it's already been determined that at my campus, all of the classes are going to be uh, fully online, you know, where feasible. I mean, we have some welding right. and machining classes where you actually have to have the in-person time with the equipment so because I mean you've got certifications that you're trying to pass and all that and for my work you know there was the the talk of oh we're going to be able to come back to campus on May 4th well that's been pushed back to June 1st and right. I'm still waiting for that to get pushed back even further um, I'm very glad that I have a job that allows me to work from home I'm glad that I still have a job. Uh, the uncertainty of what is my job going to look like going forward is kind of scary at times. Um, yeah. And my job has changed so much since I started. Well, I was hired full-time about, uh, about 15 years ago. And it was to teach you know, transitional math classes. The, they used to call them developmental math, stuff that you would take before college algebra for those students who maybe have been out of math for a while and needed a refresher. Well, because of the great state that I live in, 
they aren't really funding those classes anymore, so they have started to eliminate those. So right. the job that I was hired to do, I can't even do that because the, the classes aren't being offered. And now what I feel like I'm good at, which is the face-to-face -face interactions with my students, that's gone, so now I'm just doing online. So that's the transition for me. But through it all, I know that my company, you know, is giving us the resources. They're, they're saying, here are things that you can do. Here are certification classes for teaching online. Um, eventually, they're going to be rolling out uh, equipment that you can check out so that you can more easily work from home. If you, I guess maybe if you didn't have a laptop or if you needed other equipment to take care of things at home. And unfortunately, that doesn't apply to me because I ended up purchasing my own document camera so I can make videos. But yeah. there, there's an email that came out about you know, figuring out what the new normal is going to look like in fall of 2021. I was like, whoa, whoa, 2021. So, I mean, I know that they're thinking about anything and everything that can happen because the entire uh, community college system that I work for services about 100,000 students and they have a budget of like around 500 million. Yeah. So they have a lot of responsibilities and it really sounds like they're trying to do right by not only their students, but the community and the faculty, uh, making sure that people still get paid, even those people that are working part-time who can't really do their job, they came up with a formula for making sure that, you know, here's how much you're going to get paid since you can't actually come in to work. Uh, and I, yeah. I really, I really appreciate that. And it, it's frustrating when you see other businesses that don't really care so much about their employees. Yeah, I know. Like we have certain, like we have a blind vendor, as in uh, blinds for your house and not can't see. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have this uh, this vendor, and uh, our rep you know, sends us an email every couple of weeks stating that during this pandemic, her company has decide, decided that, like, we have one rep in Vegas, and then there's, like, a California rep for whatever district or area. But during this pandemic, the vendor is furloughing the reps every other week. So my rep works one week and then is furloughed the next week, and then that's when we, if we have issues, we have to contact the California rep. Okay. So they rotate. But it's like, like even that, it's like, okay, it's nice to have a job, but your pay just got cut in half because now you're only every other week. Yeah. Ugh. And I mean, I, I'm grateful to have a job. You know, retail has taken care of me. Um, and as I approach my house right now, I was thinking that it's going to be really weird because in like five years, the you when you talk about stuff, you're really going to be talking like pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Like this right. is what it was like before COVID. I remember when we used to do this and when this used to happen. And now it's like because, like you said, your your company's trying to figure out what it's going to look like you know, next year and beyond and how things are going to change and how they're going to adapt to all of that. And I'm sure that's what all companies are going through. 
And it's just, it's crazy to think about the fact that we're living in a time where something so life altering is happening to the entire world and not just like a country or a segment of a country. Like this is really like life altering for everybody. And I can't, I mean, other than a world war or, you know, something crazy like that, I can't think of another time where something has happened like that. I think the only thing that I can think of since we've been alive that has had any kind of like real change on the way daily life is conducted would be um, the attacks on September 11th. Because before that, you go to the airport and you would, you know, you'd wait there with your loved one until they got on the plane. It's like, all right, see you later. Or you were right there whenever they got off the plane and you'd walk with them to baggage claim and, and that's just how it was. And, you know, that changed. Or when you go to, you know, a theme park or whatever, you just go in. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of things have, you know, changed in terms of safety and security. And I, I guess on one hand, I'm, I'm kind of grateful about that. Even though it is an inconvenience and it takes longer to get to the airport. Um, but you think back to, you know, what, what was the, how did you, how did you live your life before that? How carefree did it seem? And then when that happened, I think you saw the world a little bit differently. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on here because I think in our generation, you know, you and I are like one year apart. Um, we haven't gone through wars. I mean, there was the Gulf War in like 91, it started in 91. Um, but that wasn't But on that our was soil. really minor compared to other wars that the country has been through. Oh, yeah. I mean, that seemed like you got the daily news news briefs when you you're watching TV and you knew where it was happening. But I don't think, at least for me, I don't think I ever had a sense of this is going to come to the home front. Yeah. And so nothing ever really changed about that. You may have what may have changed was your outlook on war and the U.S.'s involvement in foreign conflicts, which, of course, has been an issue for many decades. But we didn't really change the way that we, that we did things around here. Um, but yeah, I think that's, you know, you're right. There's going to be, how did you live life before the pandemic and now since? Because, like, even right now, we don't know how long-lasting this is going to be. Is it going to be something like a swine flu? where it affected a lot of people, but the recovery rate was much higher and the people that died from it was much lower than what we have right now. And it seemed to kind of, at least from my recollection, it seemed to wrap up rather quickly. But what right. if this one doesn't? What if, this one, what if a year from now we're still talking about staying at home, having... You know, these businesses limiting their interactions with customers. Um, that, that could be very significant. My, I can't remember when my wife was, I think she was saying something from the CDC about their recommendation for the new school year. 
is to have all of the desks be six feet apart from each other in the classroom and to, you know, not eat in the cafeteria, but eat in the classroom and this and that, all kinds of things. And when she was saying that, I went six feet apart. Like, there's hardly any room in those classrooms right now to maneuver between the desks. And now you want to make them six feet apart. How are you going to do that for the schools that have, which would be almost every school, that have a limited, you know, area to work with, limited staff? You know, what, what's going to be the solution there? Do you have kids only going to school for, you know, half a day or half the population going in the first half, the other half of the students going in the second half? I, I don't know. It's Yeah, that's the thing. Are you going to have to, like, try to hire on a whole bunch of other teachers and have like evening classes or have kids that go Monday, Wednesday, Friday and kids that go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday or something. Yeah. And at least for us in our area, and I'm going to say this is for everybody in our area because my wife's school is a, a title one school. So, you know, they have several kids that are on free and reduced lunches because they're on, um, I can't remember what the right word is. Almost like an open enrollment school. So you don't have right. to live within a certain area to go because it's a charter school. So they service a, a wide range of students from all over the area. And although we live in a fairly significant metropolitan area, not everybody has easy access to internet. Most people do. And almost everybody has a cell phone. And right now you have these you know, cell phone companies and the internet service providers that are not putting caps on the data. If that goes away, that's going to be detrimental to a lot of people who rely on that. Right. And like we can do that here, but in more rural areas, they don't have that. I was talking with my sister last week, you know, and I'm from Tennessee, very small town of about 4,000 people. And I was asking her, I was like, oh, how are your, how are your daughters doing with, you know, the online schooling? And she said, oh, they're done for the year. So they basically went on spring break and to the quarantine stuff. And I think the entire state, at least that's, that's what she said, but I know at least for the public school system they're in, they called it for the school year. Well, um, the school that my teenager goes to, that's pretty much what they decided they just decided that whatever the third quarter grade was they were duplicating that and that's your fourth quarter grade as well so he doesn't have any online assignments no some teachers have sent some little reading assignments and then they have to they designated like a certain teacher to check in with certain students for like a weekly yeah. check-in and right. but that's it there ha this school hasn't had graded assignments or anything like that Whereas some of my friends have literally had like teaching class to their kids every single day with assignments, with tests, all had to be turned in by the end of the week. So, but no, not his. They, uh, some teachers gave options for extra credit and retaking tests or assignments that they didn't do that well on to bring their grade up since third quarter was going to be weighed so heavily. But that's what they ended up coming up with for this school. And well, either way, um, I need to head inside.
So thanks for the chat. Oh, sure. Anytime. It's always good to, to catch up with you. And, um, hope that you're staying safe out there and that you have found a nice breathable face mask that does not cause problems. I am still working on it, but I will find something that I can work that, uh, works reasonably well and uh i will talk to you soon later all right sounds good have a good night